as Michael said, we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we'll all be talking about the Holy Spirit uh, over the next uh, little while. Very little while, I promise. Um, but before we get into the specifics of the Holy Spirit, actually, yeah, before I even get started, I asked Michael to remind me this earlier and I forgot. Uh, just uh, take a Bible because we will be going around Ephesians, but also going around a bit of the rest of the Bible. So you might want a Bible on you. Also, obviously, if you have a phone on you, feel free to... I won't assume you're texting or looking on Facebook, uh, but uh, use your phone as well, of course, obviously. But before we get into the um, specifics of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does and, and how it helps and, and why um, we need the Holy Spirit's help. And um, when I was studying this and I was thinking about it, uh, there's something else that I think is quite fundamental and quite important before we start asking for the Holy Spirit to help us. Um, and it's, put this way, one of the great truths, I think, of the Christian faith is that this creator of the universe, this great, big, massive, amazing creator being God, um, ruler of the universe, um, wants a personal relationship with each one of us. That's one of the great kind of pillars of the Christian faith. And um, it's actually so central that we have it in our kids' songs as well. I, I don't know if you've ever... We've done a few kids' songs here, obviously, over, the to over uh, our time here. Um, one of them is, for instance, Our God is a Great Big God. It goes, Our God is a Great Big God. Our God is a Great Big God. And he holds us in his hands. And then there's another verse that goes, um, Oh, it goes, Sorry, than a skyscraper, deeper than a submarine. Uh, anyway, and it goes on. And then there's another line that goes, He's known me and he's loved me since before the world began. So again, you've got the two dichotomies. You've got the great big massive God that's over everything, and then you've got the God who knows us and loves us. Um, and I think we often take the second part of that, the loves us and knows us. It, it's easy to get our head around that one. We take that a lot really seriously. And then the first one, the great big Godness and the, the hugeness and the ruler over the universe, that's a bit more difficult to wrap our heads around. Um, and before I get into this, I do want to say that Jesus loves you very, very much. Um, Jesus uh, loves you dearly, died for you, rose again. Um, nothing will ever, ever change that, and that is a great, great truth of who God is. And while all of that is true, we take that he loves me and he knows me and make it everything that God is about. So all that God is about is that he loves me and he knows me, and that's great. And what I mean by that is if all that we recognize is that God loves us, if that's the extent of which our Christian faith is, then we miss a whole lot about a whole lot else about what God is about. He's bigger, God is about God. He's, he's greater, bigger, and more powerful than we can ever imagine. As the, uh, as the song says, he, he has the whole world in his hands. Um, Isaiah 45, 12 puts it like this. It is I who made the world and created mankind on it. My own hands stretched out the heavens. I marshaled their, um, I marshaled their starry hosts. If you're to generalize really badly, really, but if you're to generalize everyone, you fall into kind of two camps. You've got the non-believer who would probably say that God is all about rules. You can do this, you can't do this. I've got a list, I'm gonna check it twice. Some sort of angry Santa who's checking a list and you know, checking what you're gonna do. Um, and that's obviously a very dangerous thing to believe about God. Then you've got the kind of Jesus-loving Christian who, who tends to be all about Jesus' love. He loves me, he cares for me, he guides me, he listens to me, he's there for me. All really, really good things and all really important truths about who God is. Uh, but that can also, if that's, as I say, if that's all it is, it can be a little bit dangerous, and I'll explain why. And we start to believe that because Jesus loves us, and that's it, that there's no other reason to be a Christian. 
when in fact God calls us and loves us for his glory and for his name to be known. It's not just about us, it's, it's also about him. As an example that might help explain how we miss God's kind of underlying uh, motivations and feelings on this, uh, one of the most famous Psalms is Psalm 23, and we'll put it up on the screen. <clears throat> so, the Lord is my shepherd. Awesome. Great, great, great statement. Lord is my shepherd. I'm his sheep. He cares for me. He loves for me. He guides me. I lack nothing. Again, incredible. I'll never be in want. My deepest longing, I will never, ever, um, I'll never want for. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Again, wonderful image. Although the he makes me lie down, push me down. But anyway, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Beautiful, beautiful imagery. He leads me beside quiet waters. Who leads you beside quiet waters if they don't love you? Um, he refreshes my soul. Again, wonderful, wonderful promise that God will always enrich me. God will always fill me up. God will always give me what I need. He guides me along the right paths. So he will, as it promises, guide me to where I need to go. But the last line is important. For his name's sake. It's so his name will be known. It's so his name will be known. And this happens all the time in the scriptures. I'll skip around a little bit here. Um, Isaiah 43, God said he created us for his glory. Isaiah 49 says, God called Israel for his glory. Psalm 106 says, God rescued Israel from Egypt for his glory. Ezekiel 23, God spared Israel in the wilderness for the glory of his name. John 7, 18, Jesus sought the glory of his father in all that he did. In Matthew 5, we see Jesus tell us to do good works for the glory of his name. John 14, Jesus says that he answers prayer so his Father may be glorified. In John 12 and John 17, the Bible says that Jesus endured his final hours of suffering for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, Paul, well, Paul tells us to do everything, eat, drink, sleep to the glory of God. Imagine doing that, by the way, eating to the glory of God. Anyway, 1 Peter 4, God tells us to serve with the aim of glorifying God. And 2 Thessalonians 1 says Jesus will return one day to the glory of God. And there's many, many more. It's not about us. It's about him. Um, my daughter, Rebecca, as you will have heard during the service, she's 10 years, 10 years old? No, no, 10 months old. And... Um, I love her to death, but for her, everything is, this is the easiest kind of comparison I can make. Everything is obviously about her. Has to be. She's learning how to survive in a world for the very first time. Everything revolves around her and, and what she wants. If she needs sleep, you give her, try and get her sleep. If she needs to eat by God, you give her some food. You know, um, if, if she's cold, you better get her a jumper or get her under a blanket, all those sorts of things. It's all about her. But as she gets older, um, she'll hopefully learn that there's more to the world and not just this bubble she lives in. She'll learn that others have needs and others are just as important to her as her. Um, but for, for a baby, obviously everything has to be about them. But she'll hopefully learn that Jesus loves her with everything he has, but that it does not end there. He loves her for his name's sake, so he can be known, he can be glorified, he can be seen by those around her. Not about her, not about me, it's not about you, it's about him. So why am I starting with this? Why am I starting, before talking about the Holy Spirit, <coughs> going, as it's talked about in Ephesians, with um, reminding us that it's all about him? 
is because we need to know that God provides the Holy Spirit so that we have the strength to carry his name into the world around us. The Holy Spirit does not exist so that we can get gifts or get help for the sake of getting gifts and getting help. It's not so we look cool. It's not so that we're complimented because we're great singers or great prayers or great people or all those sorts of things. It's so that he'll be known. It's so that others might see who he is. It's about him, again, it's not us. And if we start to believe that we are given the Holy Spirit for our benefit, I think we're on a bit of a slippery slope. Um, it's not for our sake again, so others may know him. So are we all still with me? Good. Have to check every so often. Um, for my sake, not yours. <coughs> um, so what about the Holy Spirit? What about the Holy Spirit as talked about in Ephesians? Let's get down to business on it. Now, just so we're all on the same page initially, uh, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity of God. And I won't get into the theology of the Trinity, but there's three persons um, of God, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and as after Jesus died and rose again, and then met with his disciples, after he had risen, Jesus then told the disciples to go and make disciples of all nations. He promised to send uh, the Holy Spirit to help with this task of bringing the gospel to all nations. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, the, uh, the church began to expand rapidly um, across the world. Now, one of the people at the forefront of spreading the gospel was Paul, um, who wrote Ephesians. And while he was, he was writing Ephesians, while he was actually in prison in Rome, um, a few years actually after he'd been to Ephesus, who the book of, or the letter to the Ephesians is written to, um, and he had converted a lot of people to the Christian faith in Ephesus, uh, actually causing riots while he did it. Um, now, in some of the other letters, uh, if you've read the other letters uh, from Paul, he often actually writes to a specific need. So in, in letters to the Galatians or Thessalonians, he will respond to a specific need, whether there's been idolatry, whether there's been whatever, lack of unity, whatever it is, he'll respond to a specific need. But when it came to... I suppose because he left the city so quickly after a riot, he wanted to just, in, in this letter to the Ephesians, he wanted to give an overview of the Christian faith and the important things that they needed to remember as they kind of matured in their faith. So he touches on a whole range of things, which include, obviously, the Holy Spirit, and um, what the Holy Spirit offers, what the Holy Spirit does. So starting with Ephesians, I'm, I'm just going through the first three chapters, uh, a couple of places where the Holy Spirit's mentioned. So Ephesians 1 verse 3 um, is uh, praised, I hope it's up, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every blessing, like every single one in all the heavenly places. That's an incredible, incredible promise, an incredible verse. As in every blessing available to Christ can be available to us. And notice he doesn't say every material blessing, but every spiritual blessing. He's not talking about money. He's not talking about possessions. He's not talking about stuff. He's not talking about status. In fact, Jesus says in the Gospels that we shouldn't store our, uh, our possessions here on earth for, for moths to destroy. Um, 
In fact, the phone you own right now probably will need updating by the end of the service. So everything you own is obsolete uh, very, very, very quickly. Our stuff is not important to God. Spiritual blessing or spiritual blessings are what he wants to offer us. So what are spiritual blessings? To be honest, when we talk about spiritual blessings, there are actually too many to count. Um, but I'll run through a few of them. I'll be skipping around a bit. Um, you don't have to follow it in, in the Bible, but I'll just read out a few. Um, obviously, one of the spiritual blessings he gives us is his grace. In verse 5 of Ephesians 1, actually staying in Ephesians 1 for a second, just in verse 5, it says we are God's children. In verse 6, it says we are his beloved in verse 7, it says we are redeemed by Jesus' blood and are forgiven of our sins. In verse 11, it says we will get an inheritance from God. What is our inheritance? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. We're told we can't conceive of what's in store for us in heaven and what he has prepared for us at the end of days. And those are just in Ephesians 1. Everywhere in the Bible, you can look everywhere in the Bible for places where he promises spiritual blessings. 1 Corinthians 3, it tells us we are laborers with God. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us we're ambassadors for the message of God. 2 Corinthians 11 tells us we are the bride of Christ. Philippians 4 tells us that a peace is available to us that surpasses all understanding. Romans 8 tells us that there is an assurance that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And there are many, many, many more, all accessible by Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. So what else does Ephesians tell us about the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 1, verse 13. <clears throat> and you're also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. It tells us we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. This means that God has placed his mark on us. Each one of us has been placed with his mark. This tells us that we belong to him. It tells us that he puts his stamp on us. It tells us that we belong to him. It tells us that we are really his and that he delights in us. It's done with the help of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2 verse 18 tells us, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. For through him we have both we have access we'll take out both. We both have access to the Father by one spirit. Now this would have been important, especially for those who would have been hearing about it at the time, actually. Um, just to, to remind you that they would have known the temple as the place of worship at the time. And in the temple, it would have been believed that the presence of God dwelled there. And not only that, blocking the way to the presence of God would have been a veil. And only high priests would have been able to go behind that veil and have free access to the presence of God. So this verse, this verse on the sheet, um, it tells us that everyone has access to God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you, therefore you can speak to God. Wonderful comfort and a wonderful promise. Ephesians 3, just a couple more. Ephesians 3, verses 4 through 5 says this <clears throat> in reading this then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of christ which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the spirit to god's holy apostles and prophets it has now been revealed by the spirit to god's holy apostles and prophets the bible promises us that the holy spirit gives us insight into who god is 
in those times that we forget who God is or in times of trouble or we're just in a bit of difficulty and we forget, the Holy Spirit can remind us of who God is, um, which is especially important in, in times when we might need it. And last one for now, Ephesians 3, verse 16. I pray that at his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. God promises to strengthen us in our times of need through the Holy Spirit. Remember for those at the time at, in Ephesus, um, these would have been very new Christians. Uh, they had just seen, as I said, riots erupt as a result of Paul's message coming. Um, so they knew there was opposition to what they believed. Paul tells them that even though these are most difficult times, and the Holy Spirit can give them strength uh, to keep going through these difficult times. There's so much available to us through the Holy Spirit, and I, myself, am quite guilty of forgetting about the Holy Spirit an awful lot. You, you think about Father God, and you think about you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, and all that seems okay, but you forget what the Holy Spirit, well, I forget, I'm not going to assume all you do, but I forget what the Holy Spirit does in the Trinity and the important role that it plays. There's so much blessing that comes through it, reminders of your identity, reminders of your strength, or the strength that you can have, um, riches of his blessing, the inheritance that I've talked about, the gifts of the Spirit, they're all available to us through the Holy Spirit. We haven't even touched on the fruits of the Spirit that are mentioned in the letter to the Galatians. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all provided for and all brought out in us by the Holy Spirit, living in us uh, and uh, provided by Jesus. So I suppose the questions, question slash questions, is, is do you believe in the Holy Spirit and do you believe that it is, is at work today, really? Do you think or do you believe that the Holy Spirit is in work in you today? And I don't mean kind of an abstract, meaningless version of the Holy Spirit, a, 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 a version that kind of doesn't have any impact on your life. I mean the Holy Spirit that we've heard about here, that we read about in the Bible. A, a Holy Spirit that really has an impact. A Holy Spirit that reveals God, that strengthens, that comforts, that empowers us the one that provides all the things that we're hearing about here. And I do believe that it takes a bit of faith, a bit of extra faith maybe, to believe that the Holy Spirit is at work today. Um, it is difficult. I mean, if I were to you know, go up to one of my friends or, or colleagues at work and tell them that the Holy Spirit is working in my life, I'm sure I'd be looked at sideways. So it can be difficult to have faith that it's working. Um, but then I'm reminded of, uh, in Hebrews 11, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. We need to be certain that the Holy Spirit is working, even if those um, conversations can be difficult, and it can take a bit of extra faith to believe that the Holy Spirit is at work. <clears throat> so suppose as I close, I want to leave you with a couple of things. Um, know that when you accept Jesus into your life as Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit is welcomed into your life as well and is at work immediately and um, whether you know it or not have faith that the holy spirit is in you and is working for you and i encourage you to recognize him as well ask him for help i'm going to say him it could be her there's debate but we'll say him for the for the sake of my little monologue um, recognize him ask him for help ask him for more of his characteristics like faith love peace gentleness um, Ask him to remind you of what you do have in store for you in heaven. Um, ask him to give you insight into who God is. 
ask him to build you up when you're finding things tough. Um, he is there to help. Um, it could be really practical. It could be a sense of peace. I'm not going to tell you how it could manifest itself. It could manifest itself in a host of ways. But ask him for help. Um, and you never know, he, might, he will provide it. Uh, but just before I go and before I pray, um, I just want to say once again, just to bring it all together, the Holy Spirit, um, it has been given to us. It strengthens us. It gifts us. It also comes with immense responsibility. And it's given to us, again, not so that we can feel good about ourselves, but it's for God's glory. It's so he's known. It's so that he is loved. It's so he is given all the glory. Let's pray. Father, we trust, well, I trust, that whether it's through my words or not, or through the, um, the words or the music, um, or um, what Isaac was talking about, or whatever's gone on in this service, we, pr- we trust that you've been speaking to us here this morning. Um, Father, I pray that we hear what you're saying to us this morning, this afternoon. Father, I pray that, um, Father, I pray that um, we will know that you love us dearly. I pray um, that we know um, that you are just waiting to shower blessings upon us. Father, I pray um, that we will know that you are there to comfort us, to strengthen us, to guide us. All those things that are so true, um, all those things that you speak about relentlessly in your word. Um, But Father, I do pray that you remind us um, of just how great and wonderful and sovereign you are over this world and over our lives. Um, And that we will know that it is about you and your glory that you have given us all the things that you have given us. That you want to be known um, and you want to be known as reigning over this this world. Um, And Father... May that truth rest in us and may that truth maybe change a little how we pray, how we act, um, and how we go about things in the week ahead. Um, Father, we thank you so much um, for your grace and thank you so much for Jesus and thank you so much um, just for all the ways in which you love us. Um, Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.